Good morning. Um, Sam, I, I understand you overlooked the Kents, but it's because they're more family than guests. So welcome, Kents. Thanks for joining us. Uh, this morning, we're going to, to look at the Christian life as a soldier. So if you would, uh, we're going through 2 Timothy. If you would, turn with me to 2 Timothy 2. We're going to be looking at verses 3 and 4. So 2 Timothy 2, verse 3 and 4. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one in, uh, engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And we'll, we'll get back to that in a minute. Last week, Luke introduced us to um, the first simile of four. Last time he looked at a son, and today we're going to cover a soldier, and then uh, we're going to cover some more later, but uh, we want to look at a, a good soldier this morning. What is, a, what is a good soldier? What are the characteristics of a good soldier? Well, a good soldier is under authority. He's subject to that authority. And the way he responds to that authority is very important, right? If you, if you rebut that authority, it's not a good idea. It's not going to go well for you, right? So you need to listen when you're under authority, and you need to obey that authority. Okay, number two, discipline. Uh, this is a quote uh, the core of a soldier's moral discipline is intertwined with the uh, discipline of his physical and mental achievement. Total discipline overcomes adversity, and physical stamina draws on an inner strength that, uh, excuse me, that drives on. And that's a uh, former uh, sergeant major in the Army that said that. You see, what he's trying to say is a good, disciplined soldier, that, that's, the, that's the base, that's the, the foundation for everything else to be built on. Okay, number three, he's reliable. You see, this is another one of those, um, it's a, maybe a repercussion, um, uh, of, of discipline. If you're undisciplined, you're not going to be reliable. Okay, and then I'm going to borrow from Luke last week. He said, uh, you need to be fat. What's he mean by that? <laughs> okay, faithful, available, teachable. Okay, if, if you're not faithful, well, it's, it goes along with discipline, right? You need to be available. If, the, if your commander says, okay, it's time to go to war, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going on vacation, okay? That's not a good idea. Okay, you need to be teachable. You can't, you can't go and fight a war with a whole bunch of other soldiers and do it your way. You have to do it the way you've been trained. Okay, you have to also be selfless, okay? I can't go into war and put my needs first. You need to be honest, 
courageous. You need to be committed to the, to the cause, to the, to the fight. And you need to be prepared. You can't just show up in a, with a day pack and, and some shoes and be ready to go to war. You need to be prepared. Many of you are, are familiar with the Medal of Honor. Um, it's the, the highest military award any service member in the United States can, can get. Okay? And um, they're, very, they're handed out not... Uh, they're pretty stingent on who they give it to. Um, and I'd like to show you a clip uh, of one man that, uh, that received the Medal of Honor. The President of the United States, in the name of the Congress, takes pleasure in presenting the Medal of Honor to Lance Corporal William Kyle Carpenter, United States Marine Corps, for conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty, while serving as an automatic rifleman with Company F, 2nd Battalion, 9th Marines, Regimental Combat Team 1, 1st Marine Division Forward, 1st Marine Expeditionary Force Forward, in Helmand Province, Afghanistan, in support of Operation Enduring Freedom on 21 November 2010. Lance Corporal Carpenter was a member of a platoon-sized coalition force comprised of two reinforced Marine rifle squads partnered with an Afghan National Army squad. The platoon had established Patrol Base Dakota two days earlier in a small village in the Marja District in order to disrupt enemy activity and provide security for the local Afghan population. Lance Corporal Carpenter, and a fellow Marine were manning a rooftop security position on the perimeter of Patrol Base Dakota when the enemy initiated a daylight attack with hand grenades, one of which landed inside their sandbag position. Without hesitation and with complete disregard for his own safety, Lance Corporal Carpenter moved towards the grenade in an attempt to shield his fellow Marine from the deadly blast. When the grenade detonated, his body absorbed the brunt of the blast, severely wounding him but saving the life of his fellow Marine. By his undaunted courage, bold fighting spirit, and unwavering devotion to duty in the face of almost certain death, Lance Corporal Carpenter reflected great credit upon himself and upheld the highest traditions of the Marine Corps and the United States Naval Service. You can see from this video, this is not, this is not something that is, is light. The president himself awards this medal. Okay? You see this, this Lance Corporal uh, Carpenter, he's the definition of what we would call a good soldier. He, he sacrificed himself, he's selfless, right? He's courageous.
you, you could literally go through that whole list and say almost everything on there applies directly to him. As believers in the Lord Jesus, we are called to be good soldiers of Jesus Christ. We go into battle every day, whether you like to admit it or not. And there are certain ways we're supposed to go into battle. So if you would, turn with me to Ephesians 6. We're reading, starting verse 10. We're going to look at some characteristics of a good Christian soldier. Ephesians 6, 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That, uh, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, so here's the things we're supposed to do. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with you, or with which you will, will be able to quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints." Okay, so, sorry for my reading. Uh, I want to go through some, some bullet points here of what makes a good soldier. So let's start, it starts in verse 10 with the strength of a soldier. When you, when you go to war, this... Lance Corporal Carpenter, if he had gone all by himself and tried to fight the war, would he have been successful? Well, no. One man, what's he going to do? Even if he had all of his gear on, was ready to go, he's one man. But with the strength of the entire Marine Corps behind him, he can be very strong. The same applies for believers. It doesn't say the strength of Matt Clark, or the strength of Noah Japiro. It says, the strength in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. And in the power of His might. You see, as believers, we don't have power in ourselves. We have power through the Lord Jesus Christ. So then it goes into... The armor of a soldier. It was once said, Christians are not supposed to be a study group, but an attack force. 
So if you're going to be an attack force, you have to be prepared. How we do that. If you look at verse 14, it says, Gird your waist with truth. What does that mean? We must know the truth of the word, the God's word. We must be faithful in teaching it and, and applying it to our lives. It doesn't, it doesn't do any good to just be a study group and know the word of God. You have to apply it. A little farther down in verse 14, it says, The breastplate of righteousness. What does this mean? If we don't live a holy life, um, we, we submit ourselves to, to ridicule. Right? So if you live a righteous life, the, it, it's harder to discredit. Right? I mean, none of us are perfect. But it's harder to discredit someone who lives a holy life. You don't live with a double standard. Next it says, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I think this is uh, talking about being ready with the gospel. You know, how often do we have opportunities to, to witness and to be bold for Christ, but we weren't ready. You know, as a soldier, if I don't have my boots on ready to go, and the, the war starts, oh, hold on a minute, i got to tie my shoes, hold on. You know, the, the war's not going to wait, it's going to move right along. The shield of faith. Um, I want to be clear, this is not the faith unto salvation, but it's a, it's a confidence in the Lord that my salvation is secure in Him. The helmet of salvation. This is important. I believe this is the number one step, the first step. If you are not a believer, you can't have the other things. And it doesn't do you a lot of good I can have my, shoe, my shoes on, I have my breastplate on, but if I don't have my helmet on, that's my most important part of my body. If my head doesn't work, nothing's going to work. I can I cannot have a leg, not have an arm, but if I don't have my head, that's it. The sword of the Spirit, what is this? I mean, this is your Bible. You know, we need to, to know our Bibles. We need to study our Bibles. It's, it's referred to as a, uh, the sword of the Spirit. It's the Word of God, and, and we can use it to, to fight off. We see in Jesus' life, He uses it to, to wrestle with uh, Satan in the, in the wilderness. And praying... It says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. 
We, we have this every Wednesday night. Do you come? Do you use this weapon effectively? This is like calling in an airstrike. You know, I can be a soldier on the ground, but when I pray, I'm enlisting God's help. I can put myself in physical danger by going in, or I can call in, call in the Lord for help, and He can take it all out before I even get there. Okay, next, we, we want to, a good soldier would know, know his enemy. If you look at this passage in Ephesians, what are the characteristics of our enemy? It calls him the devil. Stand against the wiles of the devil. The principalities. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. You see, we, we need to be equipped to fight a spiritual warfare. And we have to know our enemy. We have to know how to defend ourselves. We need to, to study God's word to know and we need to be ready. Okay, so let's go back to, to 2 Timothy here. If Timothy is the soldier, Paul is his commander. Paul is writing this book to Timothy, and he's, he's giving him direct orders, things to do. These things apply to us today. In verse 4 it says, No, no one engaged in warfare... Oh, excuse me, I want to start in verse 3. It says, uh, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier. Endure hardship. What does that mean? Well, if you go back to our illustration as a soldier, they miss meals. They don't have warm food. They're at a distance from their family. They don't have clean clothes every morning. They're usually wearing the same thing they wore yesterday. And they don't always have a roof over their head. Now, there's a passage that I'd like to look at that Paul is talking about. Um, some things that he's had to endure for Christ and, and to encourage Timothy. This is 2 Corinthians 11. I'm going to start reading in verse 23. In labor is more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently, frequently, in deaths often. From the Jews, five times I received 
40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in this city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, and besides other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for the churches. So when Paul says to Timothy, you need to endure hardship for Christ, he's speaking from a life of experience. He knows this to be true, and he's persevering through it. He's not asking something he wouldn't do himself. He's, he's done it himself. So it says in, in Timothy, verse 4, it says, Do not be entangled with the affairs of this life. What does that mean? When a soldier goes on a deployment, there are certain things that they are told to do before they leave. Get your affairs in order. What does that mean? When you, when you go on a deployment, if, you, if your wife is at home and she, she can't pay her bills or she's, she's not t- taken care of and you're, you're going to go on deployment and you're going to worry about her, you're going to be distracted from your task at hand. It's a big deal if you're not focused. You know, 20, 30, 100 other guys are worried about their own safety. And if you're in la-la land, that's not good. Being drawn away by your own desires. Sorry, I need to match Luke here. Yeah, okay. So you can be drawn away by your own enti- uh, desires and enticed. What does that mean? Well, if I'm doing my thing and whatever suits me, I'm not, I'm not being faithful to what I've been called to do. Things that draw us away from our, our spiritual spiritual lives. You think, um, or even a, a soldier, he's, on, he's, in the, he's in the field. Hold on a minute. I want to watch this next episode on Netflix. Or I have this movie I want to watch. Or a book I want to read. Or I want to watch this football game. Or I'm so busy making money with my job that, hold on, i got to be trading stocks. I don't know, whatever you guys do. 
maybe it's just the career goals. Maybe they, they I have goals. I, I'm so focused on those goals that I'm not focused. Maybe they're even seeming good things. Community service, charity. These things aren't bad in and of themselves, but in a, in a case of a battlefield, if these are distracting me from fighting the battle, this is not good. It's deadly. These things can all be used in, in our spiritual lives. We can, we can have a, a game night and play games. We can, we can use these things as tools to, to reach out to people, but if they're distracting us, it's not good. So what's the motivation to live to live this way? Paul says uh, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. When I finish my life, I want to hear something very specific from the Lord. I want him to say to me, well done, you good and faithful servant. If I am an unfaithful soldier for Christ, this will not be said of me. I want to please the man who has enlisted me as a soldier. As a kid, we, uh, we sang this song at, at, at church a lot. Um, and it, in, in prepping for this, it, it made me think of this. It's, it's talking about, I'm a soldier for Christ. I'm in the Lord's army. And I, uh, I asked the Shapiros if they would be so gracious as to help me with this. So I think Luke has a, uh, a movie that they've... I may never march in the infantry. Why Shoot the artillery. I may never fly to the enemy. I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. I may never march in the infantry. Why don't the cavalry shoot the artillery? I may never fly on the enemy. But I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. I may Thank you, Noad. I appreciate it very much. Now, what is my point of showing that video to you? Are you in the Lord's army? We spent time looking at what the qualities of, of a good soldier. I'm proud to stand here today and say I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. I want to challenge you if you're not in the Lord's army. We're all in this war, whether we like to face it or not. 
And there's only two sides. And I've, I've read the end of the book. I know what side wins. It's not a mystery. And if you're not on the winning side, it's not going to be pleasant. Put on that helmet of salvation. Join the winning side. Let's pray. Lord, we, we come here this morning and look at your word and or we're challenged to, to be good soldiers for Christ. Lord, we want to be faithful, available, and teachable. Lord, we want to be used of you. Lord, help us to endure. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we, we pray that we would not be ashamed of it. We would not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Lord, we, we commit this to you. Commit this time to you now in your name.